And we may or may not be doing a episode mm-hmm. on this director. Mm-hmm. We, we may upcoming. not be doing an episode on this director. It's a little teaser. A little mm. teaser. But for we're holding, the... We're holding you prisoners as, right. as listeners for right. not telling you. Yeah. And just let us know when you... Don't regard us as your enemy. We're not. Please, please don't. You search online and you may arrive <laughs> at this director's name. Dude, if, it's like Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you guys got there, you would be a Blade Runner. Right. 2049. He is not your enemy, okay? No. Um, anyway, the... You'd be on Schindler's List if you guys <laughs> got it right. We're wrong. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're rusty. We're back. Hello. What's up? Hi. Hello. This is this podcast is not for you. We're back. We've got a couple week break. We're back at it. It's been a little bit longer for us than it has been for our yeah, listening audience. We haven't been together for over a month. Probably closer to two, actually. Probably right? closer to two, actually, probably, right? Yeah. I, well, it's, I think it's probably closer to two, <laughs> Yeah, actually. that's what I was going to say. As the, sure. as the host, I think it's probably closer to mm-hmm. two. Um, it's been a while. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Good to have Jacob back home. It's good to be back. We're definitively back. it is mm-hmm. officially. My statement is it's good to be back. Uh, if you can tell, we're back. Jake uh, was on. Jake, <laughs> we're, we're saying this because Jake was on tour for a little bit with the. We bees. are back, and he's back. We're back. We're, we're back, and we're getting excited. And let me tell you why we're getting excited. I'm getting excited. I don't know about. I can't. I won't speak for you guys. October is a big month for a lot of reasons. There's Halloween. We're back. We're back. We're That's back. number one. <laughs> um, pumpkins. But. What's it? Halloween and pumpkins. And Halloween and pumpkins back. and we're back. But also, there is a film coming out this month um, called Dune. And this, this year. Is, this is the movie. This year. They announced the movie last year. It was supposed to come out last year, actually. Um, so we thought it would be cool if we all read the book separately, and then we came together and kind of reviewed the book. The famed science fiction novel Dune by Frank Herbert in preparation for the new adaptation coming out in October. So, well, why are we pumped for this adaptation in particular? Because th- there's been many adaptations of movies, of books coming out. But uh-huh. we should mention that we're excited because of the director of this adaptation in particular. He's made a number of films. We'll, are, uh, we'll actually not even tell you who it is. You can go find out on yeah. your own. For the um, constraints of this conversation, we are talking about the novel, Dune. Real quick, I will read a little excerpt from an article This is just a very brief general synopsis of Dune. If you've never heard of it, um, it is one of the most renowned science fiction novels of all time. It came out in 1965. 
Uh, like I said, Frank Herbert directed it. I'm sorry. He directed, he directed the, the novel? In a way. Can in you write, way? That, write that word for me? <laughs> <laughs> Can we get the lighting better in here? He's having people bring him sandwiches. For the 18th time. No, it's it's C-A-L-A-D-A. Yeah, that's right. I know. It doesn't make sense, but... <laughs> Uh, it was originally published at, published as two separate serials in a magazine called Analog Magazine. Which I did not know that until you put this in the outline. Yeah. Uh, it, a huge influence on him was Lawrence of Arabia, which came out in what year was? I want to say 60... Why do we even keep you around? I want to say 62, maybe? So a few, only a few years before the actual novel came out. I very well could be wrong on that one. I'm not super familiar with Lawrence of Arabia. I guess that's 1962. Oh, just like I said, and that could be true if it's a. I didn't know that Lawrence of Arabia was a novel. Yeah, I don't think it is. It's a true story. Yeah, it's based on true. So there's a number of books about that guy. But anyway, yeah. Um, So we're back. We're back. (laughs) So this is a quote from an article. The setting is the year. 10,191 and human beings have spread out and colonized planets throughout the universe on the planet of Caladan, also known as Dune, Duke Leto and his family of the house Atreides is preparing to leave for his new position as the governor of Arrakis, um, which is sorry, sorry, that's a typo. That's a typo, Yeah, guys. I was going to say, Dune is what is which I did what Arrakis not, is Which I as. did not catch in the article. So, Arrakis, let's just, you know, we're rusty. We're back. Okay. He's struggling. No, I'm trying to keep it in. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say this later. That is, as, that is more than I ever learned while reading the oh, book. Oh, really? <laughs> so no, now, boy. I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then now, I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. No, that wasn't right. Sorry. So, Caladan <laughs> is the home of the Atreides family, and they're moving to Arrakis, which is known as Dune. So, they are becoming the governors of that planet. Uh, a desert planet with valuable resources of Malange, or Malang, however you want to say that. A spice that is an extremely popular with wealthy people. And it has many properties, and that is expanded upon in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a very brief um, synopsis or jumping-off point for the book. The It needs to be said that the book follows the Duke's son, mostly, um, Paul. Paul. He's the main character. So the setting, the desert environment, um, was I was reading was pretty huge for... Um, Frank, he realized that a lot of desert environments give birth to, gave birth to a lot of major religions. If you think about going back Hmm. to Christianity and I'm sure Hinduism was formed. Yes. And other ones. (laughs) (laughs) This Uh, one. Yeah. Islam. The religion of Obviously. Yeah. Are there people that follow the religions of Dune? Could be. Probably. We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Uh, so he felt that the setting of the desert was fitting, and then he also brought the other half of that as the theme. Those are the two big things when I think of Dune, is the setting is a huge part of it, even more than a lot of other novels, I think. Uh, the theme is the other thing. So major religions, like you said, or like was said before about 
being in a desert. Um, and the other big thing is messianic impulses of those religions. Like a prophesied special figure coming. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the other big part of the theme is ecology. So how resources are managed, how people in power manage those resources. and How we interact with the natural world, too. Yes. And the other little tidbit is the world's best-selling science fiction novel as of 2003. Now, I don't know... 40 years after it came out. He, he made it. And I think... Wow. It probably was up there for a long time. Maybe yeah. they just didn't do... It's notable because it was 40 years after it came out. It was yeah. the best-selling science fiction novel. Mm. Right. And I don't know if that stat is still standing. We'd have to check it probably. Oh, wait, but wait, wait. I, I thought you were saying in 2003, it was... It became? The, like, for that year specifically. But you're saying as of 2003... Yes, that's, the, that's what the stat was that gotcha. I was reading is as of 2003, it had become... The best-selling science fiction gotcha. novel. So that's a little bit about the book and then story. Um, I didn't want to give too much away in terms of characters and, and stuff like that. And I want us to not give too much away in this first section on our review mm -hmm. of our first reactions to it. So overall, what were our feelings after reading it? Um, we all read it at kind of different speeds and got done at different times. Uh, so when did you read it and what did you think of it? What was your first reaction, positive or negative or indifferent? Wesley. Um, I read it probably over the last, what, four or five months, somewhere in there. Um, and it's kind of mixed feelings about it. There's things about it that I can objectively see are very good mm -hmm. and well done and I can see the influence of it in other things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. My general feelings about it, and just in terms of the readability of it, was kind of meh. Um, I think the concepts in it, the storyline itself, and some of the characters, some of the world building, like all of that stuff I enjoyed. I think if I have qualms or like, issues with the book it's in his writing style hmm. more so than the novel itself like or the story it's kind of obtuse and hard to really get a good grasp on it's very cold and yeah I, without going into too much detail that's that, that those are my general feelings it was kind of like i wanted to like it i wanted to enjoy reading it more than i did i did like it though and it made me excited for the upcoming movie because I feel like given a different medium... with can be adapted a, pretty well. A, yeah, with a bit mm. more flexibility in terms of like showing some of this stuff that's really hard to understand what he's talking about description-wise. He left a lot of stuff very vague in terms of descriptions, which I think will benefit the movie because it's not like... It's not how it's described in the book. He's like, well, he didn't describe any yeah. of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it was kind of a weird mixed bag of feelings. Okay. Um, I would say leaning toward positive. What would your star rating be? Zero out of uh, ten, what would you say? Zero being zero the best, ten. obviously. Zero being the best. <laughs> Give it a zero. No, uh, probably in like a six, six and a half range. Okay his writing style just kind of brought it down for me. Like mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to 
get really into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, I wanted to be more into it than, and I felt like the book was kind of keeping me at arm's length hmm. a little bit. Um, and then as far as a science fiction rating, like it would be significantly, it would be pretty high because it's a seminal science fiction novel and I can see the influence on it yeah. uh, or on the genre as a whole. So I would probably say it's probably up in the eight, eight and a half range. I also know of its influence on Star Wars in mm. particular and how yeah. close the original Star Wars script was to Dune. So yep. like without Dune, we don't have Star Wars in mm -hmm. the same, maybe in the same way, but yeah. So that, those are my, uh, Jacob thoughts, impressions and your star ratings. It, uh, so the, the idea for this was to get done in time by the, get done in time for the first release date for the movie, which was last November or something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pushed a full year, I think. And so we, we started reading it like very shortly after we started the podcast, like, or yeah. at least we were all like, let's, right. let's order it. Let's start. So, um, because we knew that it was long and, um. It we got delayed to, pretty early on. Yeah. yeah. So I have been reading it off and on for like two years, and I just finished it because of the episode. So I was like, well, okay, I, we have a date set. I got to finish it. So, um, it w yeah, it was an absolute slog. Like, I don't know. I, I also, it's nice that I didn't go first because I was thinking that's a great way to describe it. It's like I really, really wanted to get into it. Yeah. Like, Especially when we ordered it, I was like, dude, this is going to be awesome. Like, And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing about um, sci-fi is I, I would say that's at l least like 60 or 70% of what I read. And I've, I mean, I probably read, I guess if it's two years, I average like one point something books per month. So, I, I mean, I've probably read 25 books while trying to get through this. And yeah. it was like so difficult because there's a balance of like it's always hard for me to flip the switch of trying to understand it than the first like I, it's hard to use a page number because you can't weigh 50 pages of dune the same way you can weigh 50 pages of the first harry potter because it's just you know 50 pages in dune is like not even the first scene right so it's like yeah it's so um, dense yeah and so it's like it's hard for me to flip the switch in like the first 25 percent of a book that i'm reading to where, okay, it will all be revealed to you when you need to understand it. So stop trying. And so it took a long time for me to get there in this book. And then once I did, it still never made sense. So it's like the certain terms that he uses and like, and, and it's, it's fine if you don't want to, you know, let us know what that means or what the significance of a certain word is or a role yeah. or a house or, you know, so that's fine if you don't want to, but the the world has to be built so intricately and unfolded in a certain order to where it does make sense eventually when you see that, oh my gosh, he's doing something that's crazy. Sure. And you're like, I, yeah, I, I guess that's crazy. I don't know. And you're 700 pages in, you know, so, um, for me, it was just not fun to read at all, although you definitely can. It, it is hard to, uh, you have to give it its fair share because, yes, it, it was, 
it's hard to read it 60 years after and be like, man, this was groundbreaking. It's just really difficult. And yeah, it's, I think it's impossible probably yeah. to really... So I, I want to acknowledge that, man, this was probably insane when you read it for the first 20 or 30 years even, you know? It had probably a long time of like, dude, this is insane, you know? And so... Um, but it's it was really hard for me to get through, and it's not because the story wasn't good, but it, it was just... I didn't, like, I was being 100% serious. I read that synopsis, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I read 800 pages, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, um, but there's two appendixes at the back of my book, and, you know, it's like, sure, I guess I could have flipped back and forth for the first 500, but I, 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 at some point, I was like, this will make sense eventually anyway, and so it just never did, so. It kind of surprises me how well the book sold mm. because... Like, the thing I compare it to is, like, reading, like, War and Peace or something. Like, it's not that level of insanity, but right. that's what it feels more like is one of the classic novels where it's, like, kind of hard to read. Yeah. And... And long. And long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, real quick, let's give... Let's get Jake's... Okay. Yeah. Uh, star ratings, and then we'll... Overall, even with the, the you know, respect given... The influence. You know, yes, I would say a five. And then... I, what's interesting, this is, I love this. This is what's so fun about doing these things. It's like, I would do the opposite of what you did. I, the genre rating would be lower because I've read so many science fiction novels that yeah. are, I've sped through way, mm-hmm. just as long, but I mean, you know, a month maybe, you know, and this took me 24. So I, that's what's interesting is I, I just, I would not have thought to give it a higher genre score. I, I think the genre score would probably be like two or two and a half. But, yeah, my yeah. only logic behind it is like and that makes sense. all I just those would science not have fiction novels that. that you read probably wouldn't exist yeah. in the same fashion yeah. without this. Yeah. And that's so hard to set. And like you said, it's so yeah. hard to like separate those two things. It's like going back and watching a, a movie from the 40s is like really hard for a lot of people now. Hmm. But you go back and watch old Hitchcock movies and you see like, oh, he invented these yeah. things. There's literally a, like it's the Hitchcock Zoom. The Dolly like, Zoom. That's, yeah. yeah. He invented so, it. Yeah. And it's in so many movies. So. Anyway, I'm excited to hear yours because you've read it twice. I have. So you've read it more than both of us, um, and you also read it recent, which is, you yeah. know, it's not like, oh, I read it twice, and one was 10 years ago, and one was six years ago, so, yeah. Yeah, I read it, um, I don't know, four or five years ago, and then we decided we're going to all read it. I think you hadn't, neither of you had read it, right, yet? No. So I read it first just because I kept hearing about it. I've, you you, you can see bef- it everywhere. You I mean, read it before the adaptation was announced, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was nice. Whenever we went to California with Colton, so that was probably what four or five years ago. The three weenies trip. Three weenies was, trip was. It's probably four years ago. Probably four years ago. So I read it the first time then, and then read it again when we decided we were gonna uh, review it. You finished and, it the first time. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's. Because this is the I, best part about reading communally is I would not have finished it if it weren't for you guys. I think That's the, what thing, I love. the thing that happened to me was I got conditioned by Tolkien, I think, hmm. uh, to break through. If you can get through Tolkien, I think you can get through Anything. pretty much any <laughs> novel, any, any fictional novel. Yeah. Just because it's dense in a different way. It's dense in description where mm-hmm. he's dense in non-description there's, which is like the opposite there's definitely 
connective tissue between this and Tolkien. Right. For sure. So Tolkien builds the world on the page. Right. And I feel like he's just setting the world and assuming that you'll find out later, like right. Jake's saying. He literally drops you into it, right. doesn't explain he's, anything. There's so much cultural stuff mm -hmm. that's specific that you are not a part of. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. imagine, you know, whatever, Mayan culture, Mexican culture, whatever culture you're not born into, and you're dropped into it with all of the phrasing, all of the... Yeah the text, all of the, you have the to way people interact with out. each other. You have to figure everything out in this novel through the context. Yeah. That's right. pretty much it, you know. Um, so I think that's probably what made me break through to... I never felt like I was struggling to read it, and maybe that's why, but I, I think the characters were enough to get me through mm. whatever pitfalls I may have mm. come across this in terms of time. writing style. That was the first time. And I will say, I think it's much better the second time because of those things yeah. you're talking about. Because I can see how that could be. It's, it's easier to... Um, it's similar to Tenet. Like, Tenet the first time watching it is... It's uh, overwhelming. Sure. The more time that you spend inside of that world, the easier it is to mm -hmm. like it and understand it. I yeah. think that's the way Dune Which is. is. Taking breaks from it probably hurts it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I took a break from it at one point, too. Yeah. So. I think the imagery was enough to get me through, too. Mm -hmm. The characters and the imagery was enough to carry me. And it, I, I kind of, I liked his writing style. I thought that it was, um, it is mechanical, I think. Like you said, Wes, I think it's, it may be a little cold. But I feel like that's how... Paul's seeing the world a little bit, not to spoil anything, but I feel like he is kind of a cold dude. Yeah. Like there's no... A cold dune? Cold dune. Oh man, those are tough to come by. Anyway, I, I did enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed a lot of things about it. I uh, will say, he does... This is I finished it hot off the heels of Ender's Game. And so he, he does write internalized yes. processing and feeling really well. Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to say when I'm, yeah. I'm saying it's similar to Ender's Game. Obviously, there's a lot of differences. Um, I mean, the big... It, it's it's easy to say it's like Ender's Game when it's a coming-of-age little boy mm. coming in, becoming a man, taking on a huge responsibility. Essentially yeah. a messiah, becoming, a messiah role. Yeah, like... That, those two things, that's one of those, those things. are the things about each book. Ender's so, Game wouldn't exist without Dune. Yeah, that's so one the, of those. I think the internal stuff, like you're saying, that's what reminds me of Ender's Game the yeah, most. He writes it really well. And, so. and I will say what I was saying about his writing style holding me back is not how he writes internal stuff. It was that dropping you into a world and you have to figure everything out yeah. through context. Yeah. Because And that I works don't, better in a movie. Yes, you know what I, I mean? don't feel like he mm. gives enough context sometimes to understand what's happening. Now, I I would I will say I understood the book. I understood what happened in it. That's good. Which made me enjoy it a little bit more. But it was it wasn't it didn't come easily reading it. Mm. You know what I mean? Which isn't necessarily a I don't know. It's I think your comparison to Tolkien is really good because mm. A lot of people, I feel like the first time they read Lord of the Rings, don't like it. Right. I, I, I felt that way, too. I didn't like it the first time I read it. But it's one of those things where I can see someone going, I want to come back to this because I want to 
There has to be something there. Yeah. 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 It's clearly he's not. Yeah. He knows everything about the world he's building. Yeah. We just don't. So what what would be your rating, Pate? Um, (laughs) I would say I I would probably give it like a 7 out of 10 and a 7 out of 10 in genre score, I think. I think Mm -hmm. it'd be 7 across the board. I think it's uh, I would read it again. I think that's a big uh, indicator that it's in the top, you know, two or three stars tier mm. of, of a novel. Uh, I would say it, it's the same thing that you guys are saying. I think it's, um, the, it leans heavily on the setting and the imagery. I think that's, I don't think that's necessarily terrible, but I think there's, Definitely. There's one thing about the book structure wise that I think knocks that down from like a nine or a high eight mm-hmm. to a and seven. I know exactly what you're talking about. That um, I didn't like. So I'll say seven across the board. Um, but that's general feelings on the book from all three of us. Yeah. Spoiler time. Yeah, let's get into the plot, the characters, the stuff that happens. And I will to say, Paul and others, you might be listening or watching this and saying, "Well, the, what the frick? He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't like specific enough. We don't know what this meant." Uh-huh. Well, we can give examples now. Like right. when I was talking, but if you want to, if you want to read the book before the movie comes out, go you do that get now. Started. Oh you, my word! Before you listen to the rest of this episode you will want to read it for yourself i yeah. assume so and if you've read it before buckle up yeah we're i will say i could easily see myself enjoying this a lot more the second time yeah and kind of like you i'm not necessarily opposed to reading it a second time because there's enough in, in it that intrigued me well what's the what's the thing that knocks it down for two stars for you now that we have the the spoiler thing spoilers yeah Let's see. Time jump? Yep. Yeah, so first thing is favorite slash least favorite scenes or chapters. So my my least favorite thing about the book is the, I think, it it's multiple years. Two it's years. Like Two-year time jump. The worst part of it is that it is in the last 50 pages of the book or... Close to that. It's not like 50-50. It's very close to the end of the book that the time jump happens. 461 and the end of the book okay. is so it's probably about 616. 475% oh, okay. of the way through So that's probably. more than I thought it was actually. It but feels it is, like... It does feel like no time at all that oh. at the end of the book. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Afterwards. That after the time jump, it feels like the falling action is about... 10 minutes long. Yeah. Because of how long it takes but you like to the, get to that point. But the biggest things happen in that mm-hmm. section, which is what's crazy. Yeah. I don't think it's necessary one. Uh, and I think it could have been done a lot better. That's the only thing that I will say that I, I don't like about the structure of it. I don't If you guys have favorite or least favorite. I would say scenes. that's the biggest flaw the book has, in my opinion, in terms of narrative structure. It's jarring Mm. because you're so close to the end of the book already or you feel like you're so close to the end of the book and then it jumps. I remember multiple times flipping to the end to see what page I was going to be on or like seeing how many pages were left essentially. 
how is this going to be wrapped up yeah. mm-hmm. in time? It's like watching the end of an X-Files episode. It's yeah. like yeah. the whole thing happens and then it gets wrapped up in about two and a half minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Favorite. So we're talking like favorite, least favorite things. Like yeah, scenes, moments. Specific um, moments that stick out to you. I thought uh, Leto's death was really cool. Mm. I thought it was a clever death scene. Yeah. Like trying to assassinate his enemy. Well, the, the, the way I would describe this book to somebody is like sort of like Game of Thrones in space a little mm. bit. These different families and factions warring over this this planet. Yeah. Trying to gain control and yeah. power. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a pretty close comparison, mm. at least to me. So those aspects of it, like Leto having this this like fake it's like a fake tooth right with poison in it yep. poison gas right like i was like oh that's a really clever cool scene and it fails or whatever but um that that was an interesting that was the first moment in the book where i was like huh that was kind of cool mm-hmm. like i didn't expect his character to die off yeah the way it, the way he did and jacob yeah uh the first one that comes to my mind is when paul is with the Harkonnens mm-hmm. and kills that dude that he kills someone in an arena. Sounds familiar. Okay. <laughs> he's with the Harkonnens or he's with the Freeman because he kills two people in a duel. This is good. This separately. is good. So the Freeman are. Why don't you explain it to the audience? The Freeman are the native people to Dune. Uh-huh. With the blue eyes. Right. Is he with them at I this think point? So. The Harkonnens he are also... their enemies. The the fat dude is the Harkonnen. Yeah. Right. The Baron. Right. Mm-hmm. He... When he when he fights to uh, it, it was like a... defend somebody's honor or something like that, right? He fights the one dude and essentially becomes an emperor at the end, or he fights. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the not the very end. Not that Sorry. one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the the duel the first fight that he has one of the freemen. against one of the freemen. Yes. Uh-huh. And he get, like, gets gets kids afterwards from somebody else. And then they're like, uh, he they he like does he they have to decide whether it's worth like giving his water his to blood. S- yeah. Yeah. Which I thought so that scene was like the first one where I was like. This is pretty cool, like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the duel at the end was cool. The the kind of the thing I was talking about with the uh, the significance is so you 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 see the the f- scene where they're flying in, I guess on a. See, I didn't even know they were, they came from a different planet. I dude, I was just like whatever. So uh-huh. that's good to know. So they're but he's getting a tour of Arrakis, uh-huh. and uh, they see the worm and it like swallows up the ship at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, like yep. very early on um and so you're like whoa and then you know i mean he's with the free men and then learning to ride them yeah right yeah and so because at that point you're like this is insane but then there's like a scene where like oh yeah we've been doing this for like forever and you're like oh so i guess it's not a it was a big deal, I thought, but now it's not because they're like, yeah, we've been doing this for like forever. It's a big deal to Paul because right. he's learning it, but it's something the freedom. But it was one of doing. those things where it's like, okay, so culturally it's not a big deal for them either, it seems like, but it 
It still seems like it is because some people, but I didn't, I didn't know that the Freemen were native. I didn't know that the other people that were there weren't, so they didn't know how, but I didn't, I didn't know any of that. So that makes sense. Anyway, those are the two, and obviously the duel at the end was, but it's, it's the, the upside of the story is that at the end, you, the downside is we know that there's more books, but I could have seen that duel going either way, which right. is very rare when right. you're talking about like, a hero. yeah, which is very rare. I could have, so that's the upside is he, he was never, um, afraid to like write off a character, mm-hmm. which is there's always because part of you's thinking, well, maybe his sister's actually yes. the chosen one yeah. or whatever. So it's like yep. there are ways that this could go if if he spoilers if he dies. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is cool because I'm like intrigued at what will happen as mm-hmm. opposed to you know the climax of any book or movie. You're like, there's really there's one way that this could go and they're going to succeed. Obviously, yeah. I'm excited to see how, but you know, but that was cool. So I really enjoyed the. There's two things that I I think are my favorite parts of this book. It, one is the way that rel- religion is handled. Um, I think it's very creative. There's clear religious undertones throughout the entire book, uh, and they're handled creatively, which is rare for a secular book, I think, for the most part. Uh, I think that they're handled non-denominationally, too. They're They're handled without like they're not connected any to a real, real connection to a real world yeah. religion. Yeah. This is supposed to be this. Right. right. Yeah, it's like, okay. And I think that's Nothing a is a rarity. metaphor for anything else in this yeah. book really. But spirituality is prevalent. Yeah. I think. Uh of, the being jesuit and sure. then yeah. Um the other thing is the ecological aspect of the book. I think this is handled better than most fiction works that I've ever seen in terms of not being preachy. Mm-hmm. It is it is not heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. It is realistic in the sense of the entire universe revolves around resources mm-hmm. uh, and resources that people take for granted, and that happens a lot. Uh, and also tied into that is... I love the way something so simple, like I said, we take for granted water is viewed in this, mm-hmm. in this world. Now it's only in parts of the world. Right. It's uh, like huge that Johnny is crying yeah. for someone because it's like a waste of right. water, which, yeah. which is crazy. I think is such a fascinating and emotional and powerful way to view something that we you know, we just have mm-hmm. all yeah. the time. Now, some people in the world don't have access to water. That's right. a real thing. But something that fills, that takes up, you know, a huge percentage of our body and a huge percentage of the world itself being so scarce mm-hmm. and being so valued, yeah. I thought was really fun yeah. to think about as a currency. Yeah. In terms of like big picture stuff that I enjoyed as opposed to specific scenes. Yeah. That aspect of like the water yeah. being like, it, he just took what we view as our precious resources and yeah. shifted them to something that we all generally have access to mm-hmm. most of us, which is 
inherently a clever way to sure. kind of make us rethink yeah. value. But that aspect, and then just the aspect of how everything works in the world, I thought was really interesting. He didn't go into super fine detail about like, the worms and like all that stuff. He kind of left that mythological in some ways. Mm -hmm. And, and like, obviously he gets into like the worms are the ones creating the spice. Mm -hmm. Right. Interesting. But didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then like they feel the vibrations on the, like those kind of like little details of how he built that world and how it works. I thought was really interesting. Like them walling themselves off Mm -hmm. and like a shield to protect them from the worm, like all those details, those world building details I feel like were really, really good and really unique to Dune. Like I, those are even some aspects where I don't know of a comparison example of like the worms and like the shield. It makes it feel old. Yes. That's what it makes it feel like to me. It makes it feel like that world is thousands and thousands of years old. Right. 10,000 years old, let's say. Right. Um, It feels like it could be, and I, the other thing I like about that number too, it's a weird thing that no one would really pay 10, attention to. It's far enough in the future that it makes sense to me. Everyone tries in the past to do futuristic stuff like 2049. That's not going to be happening in 2049. Yeah. It's not far enough in the future to... Which part of that is they're handcuffed by what the first movie said. I understand. Year no, wise, I, just, but... I just mean in the past, in the 80s, when a lot of futuristic sci-fi was hot things were not set far enough i don't think in the future yeah to to be believable Believable. you know that's a small thing but jake do you have anything else nothing of value i'm just learning well let's talk (laughs) let's talk about uh characters specifically did any characters jump out to you that um i mean you guys got paul who's the main character Duke Leto. Um, but there's a lot of characters in this book. Yeah. There's many. Lord knows. Many characters in this book. So uh, did anybody jump out to you as a favorite or something that you didn't like? Man, you know what? It, I'm I'm sure that if I could keep them separate, I would love either of them. That's but... part of the problem. I think the problem is their names. The huh. names... Again, cultural. Feel very, almost interchangeable. Yeah. Like... I don't know why, but yeah, I agree. Except for Paul. Duncan Idaho. Paul. Like, that name felt so My weird. name's Paul. My right. name's Stilgar. Right. I'm Gert- Paul. Gurney Halak? It's, I feel like they're just so... <laughs> okay, those are the two perfect examples. Gurney Halak and Thurfer Halak. Thurf- like, yeah. they just blend in yeah. my brain. And I don't know which character is which because those names are so similar. But those it's two because guys... because they're so... Those are my favorite guys. I know, <laughs> they are. But yeah. I don't know which one is which. But I, those are my favorite guys. Yeah. So... So Thurfer Hawat is the Mentat or the... He's the Jedi for the Atreides family. So every family has their own, like, Mentat, which is like a future seer, if you will. Okay. Gurney Halak <laughs> is the, like, warrior trader trainer. Right. Who was, like, growing up with Paul. He, he wasn't growing he up, was but he was... training Paul as yes. Paul was growing up, correct. Yeah. Josh Brolin? Yes. Who was that? Which one's that? Gurney? That's Gurney Halak. Gurney. And then Duncan Idaho is some other guy. And then oh, he's st- just a warrior. And then Stilgar was also cool. 
Stilgar is my favorite character by far. Stilgar is my favorite character, which is the guy that Paul was like. It was. It almost felt like sexual tension, but I know that it wasn't. But it almost felt like sexual tension, where it's like, will they, won't they, like <laughs> fight and kill each other? Was that right. the one? No, yeah, that's the one. Okay, where because of their culture and their laws, they should have fought. And then because was Stilgar like, was the leader of the Freedmen. Right. And he was like, why would I cut off both of my arms before a huge battle? This is what Paul's saying. Right. Paul's saying Which I it makes really no cool. logical sense to hurt us by killing one yeah. of our own when maybe we're introduced a new but I know, regime. But that's what I'm saying is like, I, that clearly, I mean, that sticks out in my mind. I was like, this seems... Really cool and really crazy, but I don't know why it is. Like yeah. that's like a perfect example because yeah. I was like, I assume they're all like what, but it never says that they are, and I, I assume that this is weird. But he, so it's just like, but yeah, that when he was like, why would I make my army weaker mm-hmm. when we don't need to? It's yeah. just so. I, anyway, those. Uh, Gurney the Hawat. three guys that we just talked Gurney about Hawat. were my favorite characters. Thurfer Hawat and Stilgar. The one thing I was going to say, the Mentat, that is a prime example of really difficult to figure out what it is. Yeah, same with the Bejesuit. I, I had to look up what a Mentat was, and then I was like, oh, they outlawed computers and AI in this universe, and people had to replace That's them. That's said in the book. Multiple times. I have zero memory okay. of them actually saying that. But if they did, it was way later than I than I wanted to understand okay. what they were mm-hmm. talking about. Gotcha, okay. You know what I mean? Like, there was multiple chapters where they're talking about a Mintat. And I don't know what they're talking about. So mm-hmm. this guy just Google stuff? No, he... he <laughs> like, people have a certain... How do you know that? <laughs> people that have a I've certain level 11. of IQ or... Yeah. Some, they are trained to have essentially the memory of a computer, like memory capacity of a computer. So information and like it helps probability them. and all of that stuff is... They can't actually see the future. They're predicting the future yes. based on it's all like of that information. It's like processing information, information yep. at a rapid rate more than most people could. And I was like, that's a super cool concept of like a person yeah. becoming a living computer. Sounds cool. But it's so buried... And not explained until later, and you're already confused as to what it is. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to know what they're talking about. Yeah. The other because big, I feel lost. The other huge part of the book is the Bean Jesuit mm-hmm. that are also equally confusing in the way that they're described. I think. Yeah. Uh, but they like are. A I think religion, sort of like of clergy, almost kind of. They right. talk like super cool enough to where you have to do what they say sometimes yeah they're well it's important to know that they're almost entirely women i think they are entirely women the whole right being jesuit um paul being a prophesied exception correct he's the daughter or sorry he's the son of a being jesuit Mm -hmm. which uh is a secret i don't think that everyone knows that jessica is a being jesuit i think that's not that might be why they call her a witch, I guess, yeah. right? Because she's kind of hiding it or whatever. Yes, uh, but the Bean Jesuit, like Jake said, very simply can Manipulate control people. their voice enough and other 
and control people enough to where, or the way they interact with other people that they can actually physically control them. Kind of like a Jedi mind trick. Yes. Which mm. is, I'm sure where the influence came from yeah. for Star Wars. They can also sort of... Hive mind, I think. A little bit. Like, and they also can like sort of psychically read other people mm. or yeah. get feelings from other people. Like they're really yeah. hyper good at She's, reading people. So for instance... Jessica has a daughter who is Paul's sister and they are communicating before she's even born. She's having conversations with her daughter before she's born. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of what the Bean Jesuit right. bloodline can do. One thing we should do real quick is the actual plot of the story. Okay. This family inherits Arrakis, this Dune planet. They come to rule, become governors of it, essentially from the emperor and while there there's another family on the planet called the harkonnens that are they want control and they essentially kill there's duke leto who yeah. is paul's father there's a coup there's a, a coup, coup. they they take over paul and his close associates are scattered on the planet paul hides with the freemen in like caves and stuff mm. and then near the end after he's he's had a child. Yeah. He's become a freeman. Yes. He comes back to overthrow the Harkonnens and the Emperor, too. Like, Correct. the Emperor comes to the planet. To, that was the part that I was kind of confused on, was the relationship between the Harkonnens and the Emperor and, like, the political yeah. conspiracy kind of going on. Um, I got that there was a general political conspiracy, and I think that was enough for, to get me by. Yeah. But... And then at the end of the novel, there's a, a duel between um, Paul and someone essentially representing the Emperor, correct? It's a, yeah, it's a Harkonnen, though. I believe right. it's the nephew of Baron mm -hmm. von Harkonnen, I Who's think. Who's the main villain. Yes, the Baron's um, the main villain, and I think his nephew is like this, why can't I remember his name? I, Good luck remembering a lot of names in this book. Anyway. Uh, he, anyways, he tries to cheat. Paul correct. beats him because yeah. Paul essentially becomes this Messiah He's figure. Ralfa. Yeah, that's him. Fade Rutha or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he's so he's part being Jesuit, so he can kind yeah. of see the future. And he gets to a point where he clearly can see yeah. like everything that's going yeah, to happen. He, that's I think that's another really cool part of the book specifically that scene where it's a moment where he's realizing the f time he's physically walking through it. So he's going up a valley or up a mountain mm -hmm. and he's seeing literally every possibility that can happen in the future. And it's like a really mind blowing scene. And then it's like, it's similar to interstellar where it's a physical like dimension yeah. of time that, um, that Cooper's like interacting with. I thought that was a really interesting way to describe that. Yeah. Uh, that is basically the entire plot of the first book. And well, he defeats Paul defeats him and essentially the emperor steps down and Paul becomes emperor. Correct. Um, not before this other guy, which I thought was cool was like, I could kill you right now, but you're a freeman. Just like me. So I'm not going to. Is it Stilgar? You remember that? No, it's like some guy where the 
bear and like looks over at him after Paul kills that guy. And he's like, and Paul's like, I very clearly see that they think I'm tired. This uh, guy could kill me very easily. But it was like some guy that he had never seen before in those visions. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I, I remember you. I, this guy might kill me. And then he was like. Right. It was the one, it was the one thing in those, the visions or whatever you want to say, where it, it, was, it was murky. He couldn't yes, see yes. past this certain person. But it was that guy. And yeah, he was like, I remember no, that. You're, you're a freeman. You're a person of the planet just like me. I'm not going to do it, which I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah. I did forget about that. Let's just briefly talk about the, because we're talking about this because the film's coming out. Let's talk about previous film adaptations or attempts. There's a lot of crap. Many of them and not any of, not many of them actually came to fruition anyway. Um, So just a quick run through of previous ones, 1974, uh, it was a French film. Salvador Dali was actually cast as the emperor until... And they were shooting. So they they got to the shooting stage. He demanded $100,000 per hour. Oh, my God. While he was there. So the director of the film decided they could shoot all of his footage in one hour. So they shot <laughs> all of it in one hour and paid him $100,000 and told him to get the heck out. Um <laughs> That's but awesome. It, yeah. Is there really Props to that director. I guess he could, didn't really, finish his movie. It's a really, really interesting story, but... Huh. Uh, oh, wait. Is that... Is that the one... Yeah. There was also, like, rock stars going to be in it, too? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a documentary about it. Yeah. It's um, fascinating. I know the director that you're talking about. He's a wild man. He's, yeah. like, a lunatic. He's made some crazy, crazy movies. David Lynch? Um, no. Well... So that one did not actually get all the way made. There was some shooting going on, but it, it uh, fell through. 1979, Ridley Scott was uh, in talks and I believe was signed to direct a Dune film. He was... Canceled. It did get canceled. Uh, he was... It was taking too long. Herbert was still alive at this time, so he was working on the screenplay, I believe with someone else and it just took too long to get cut down into film form for him. So, and then Ridley did Blade Runner. That was the next thing that he did after he backed out of, uh, and he got, which he Dune famously got fired from Blade Runner. So I can imagine after Blade Runner, nobody's going to give him carte blanche for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when Ridley Scott fell out, the rest of the movie fell out. Uh, 1984, David Lynch made this film. So it's the first actual iteration of Dune that came out in any other medium. Uh, And I didn't know this, actually, when I was reading about it. He never read the book, didn't know the story, and I believe there was one other thing that was shocking to me, but I can't remember it. He basically was out of touch with what the book was about. But what's interesting is, first of all, this movie's terrible. By any stretch of the imagination, it's bad. Even David Lynch fans hate Dune. But Frank Herbert thought it was really good. So I don't know what that means. Hmm. David Lynch, if you know anything about David Lynch, this is the weirdest choice for him to direct. Like, if you look at his filmography. Oh, that's what it was. He had no interest in science fiction. 
Yeah, publicly had no interest in doing right. science fiction ever. Mm. The guy's crazy. Like he's just a bizarre man. And yeah, you look at all of his films, they're like weird abstract art pieces. And yeah. Dune is this like hard sci-fi stuff yeah. that is not like up for interpretation really. Like, yes, yeah, some things are vague in it, but it's not like what's real, what's not. That's not what's going mm. on in Dune. And that's like yeah. everything in David Lynch's movies. Yeah. He blurs the line between reality and and fiction. So this is such a bizarre yeah. Bizarre thing that happened. Yeah. I'm not a David Lynch fan in general. I think he's interesting, but the in 2000 there was a miniseries that did air on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, I don't know if it's just based on this Dune book. I maybe based on more than one. Um, in 2008, Peter Berg was signed on to direct a Dune film. It also got canceled, um, and then in this year, 2021, upcoming, we have, hopefully it doesn't get canceled. Somehow it <laughs> it's might. It's been trying to. <laughs> it's true. It did get pushed. Uh, Denis Villeneuve, his version of Dune, the first the, the new, first uh, feature-length film adaptation in over in 40 years. But we can dis- we can talk about why we're excited in a different episode dun, dun, dun. for Denis. So that was our review of the book dune science fiction book dune from 1965 if that captured your interest if that sounds like something that um i would suggest reading the book before watching the movie i don't know how you guys feel about that it's hard to say we haven't seen the movie yeah i guess yeah i always think that's a good idea right i feel like i feel like as a general rule i don't know i don't know how i would land on that I'm glad that I have read it, I think. Yes, same. I have no... Uh, the other thing I'll say is, unlike other books, I have no, like, preciousness about this book. So the adaptation, I am fine with whatever he does, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I think he's a talented enough filmmaker to... And if you want to know what, what, Anyways. what we think is cool and what we don't think is cool with book-to-film adaptations, check out, like, two or three or Episode, four episodes. Like 49, Some, something I think? else. Just find it. It's called book adaptation. Book to film adaptations. Yeah. You guys can find it. Anyway, this has been This Podcast is Not For You. We are back, as we We're have back. all We're back. said. We're back, and we are just Using Peyton's mug today. So excited. I've got Jake's mug. COVID. Uh, yeah, I'm Jake. I'm Peyton. I'm, I'm Wes. I'm... I'm Wes. Huh? I'm Wes. Okay. Everyone have a great week. Back. See you later.